chapter 8. 1 Kings chapter 8. We're going to read verse 54 through 61. Just to give you a little background on the story uh, before we read it. But for years and years, God's uh, the children of Israel, the place where they would worship God was at the tabernacle. It was a, it was a place that could kind of move around while they were, God gave them the instructions on how to build this place while they were wandering in the wilderness. And for 40 years, they would move this uh, this tent around. It was a, a big one. It was one that was probably very beautiful to look at. Probably a tent. Like so when I say a tent, it doesn't sound that exciting. But this was probably a very beautiful place. Amazing thing to see. It was a tabernacle. It was, very, it was rather large. And they would always have it in the midst of wherever they were camping at. And, they would, and it was portable. They'd move it around. And David... He had it in his heart. He wanted to have a permanent place. He wanted to have a temple. He had a desire to build that temple, a place where they would always worship God until the Messiah came. And that was his desire, and he wanted to do that. But because of David's sin, 
uh, with Bathsheba, God wouldn't allow him to be the one to build that temple. But David, even though he wasn't able to build that temple, he still wanted it to be built. And so David, he went and he said, well, I can't be the one to build it, but I'm going to prepare things the best I can. I'm going to prepare my son. And so David started gathering all the materials and David did everything he could to get things ready. And then after David died and Solomon became king, it wasn't long after that that they started building the temple in Jerusalem. That temple, it sat in the spot where... you. How many know what the Dome of the Rock is? Have you ever seen the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem? It's got a round gold top building. Uh, if you saw a picture of it, you probably recognize it. But it's a, it's a very... Uh, one of the... I think it's the third most holy place for Muslims. And it's the most holy place for the Jews. And the Muslims have control of it right now, so they've got, they've got the spot. But there used to be this large Jewish temple there. Uh, there, it was, it was a beautiful building. Much of it made out of gold. I mean, great cost went into building this place. Uh, it was, it was rather large. I mean, it would have been one of the most magnificent things that you'd ever seen. And, uh, I've seen models and things of what they, they believe it looked like. It's specified very clear in the Bible, uh, how to build it and what it looked like, the dimensions and things. Also, other men like Josephus, uh, he wrote specifics on it. He was alive while the temple was still there. And uh, the Jews are actually hoping and are planning on rebuilding that temple someday. If they ever can get control of that area, uh, they will build that temple. They're ready to do it. And it's prophesied in the Bible. It was Jesus said that temple was going to be destroyed. He told them it was going to happen. And it did not long after that. But it's also prophesied that it will be rebuilt. And uh, I believe that temple is going to be rebuilt someday. I kind of hope it happens in my lifetime. Because I'd like to see it. I think it would be a neat uh, thing to see. Us as Gentiles, we wouldn't be allowed to go in it. But it would be. I'd just be thrilled to see the outside of it. It would be a very exciting thing. It would be the fulfillment of a prophecy. And so that would be exciting. But this is the first one. It would, it, and they finally get it built. And boy, it, what an exciting thing it was. When this happened, it's a, we can, you can read all about it in chapter 8. It's a long chapter. But boy, I mean, they had this big dedication planned. And they're, I mean, they're excited as can be. The, I mean, the Spirit of God, it showed up at this thing and it filled the temple. I mean, it, it, what an exciting day this was. It was exciting. And then in verse 56, Solomon, he gets up and he's just made a prayer. He's made this big long prayer to God. And then he turns and he goes to talk to the children of Israel. And verse 54 says, And it was so when Solomon had made an end of praying, all his prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. Boy, it would be nice to see kings these days on their knees before God. Solomon, he was a good king and that's what he was doing. And verse 55, And he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice saying, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto His people Israel according to all that He promised. There hath not failed one word of all His good promise which He promised by the hand of Moses His servant. The Lord our God be with us as He was with our fathers. Let Him not leave us nor forsake us that He may incline our hearts unto Him to walk in all His ways and to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments which He commanded our fathers. And let these my words wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night that He maintain the cause of His servant and cause 
and the cause of His people Israel at all times as the matter shall require. And that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is none else. Let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in His statutes and to keep His commandments as at this day. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You so much Lord, for bringing us all back here today. Lord, I pray that this message will be a help and an encouragement. Lord, we thank thank You so much that we can still say even today that there has not failed one word of all Your good promise. We thank You for that, dear God. We know we can always trust You and that You're always the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Your name we pray. Amen. Right, the statement I want us to focus on is in verse 56 where he says, There hath not failed one word of all His good promise, which He hath promised by the hand of Moses, His servant. The first thing I want you to realize today is that God always keeps His promises. I know that sounds pretty simple. It sounds pretty basic. I think most people today would agree that God always does keeps His promises. But I'm here to tell you, He does. He keeps His promises and His promises we find in this Bible that we hold in our hands. In the Word of God. Notice what Solomon said at the time. He said, "...there hath not failed one word of all His good promise, which He hath promised by the hand of Moses His servant." You know what he was talking about there? When he was talking about God's promises, he wasn't talking about something God had verbally spoke to him. He was talking about the first five books of the Bible. They're called the books of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That was the Bible that they had during that time. They didn't have they didn't have the completed scripture yet. The scripture was happening at that time. But they did have the books of Moses. And you know what? You can trust this Bible that we have. Thank God we have the completed word of God today. 2 Timothy 3:16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It's all given by inspiration. You know, people will say things about the Bible sometimes like, well, that was just written by men. Well, in a sense, it was written by men. I guess it would be like if I wrote a letter, maybe I wanted to write a letter to somebody, but I had my wife write it. And I stood there and I was like, alright, write this. Dear so-and-so. And then I tell her what to say and she writes it down. Now, was that letter written by me or was it written by my wife? Yes, she penned it, but they were my words that she wrote down. A secretary may do that. And a lot of times, maybe they'll, uh, their boss will come and he will give them a letter and he'll tell them what to write. And he'll sign that letter, but a lot of times you might see on there like the secretary's initials or something because they were the one that actually typed it up. And we see the names of men on the books of the Bible because they were penned by men. But all the Scripture, it was given by inspiration of God. It came from God. These words that we read, they are the words of God. They are not just the words of men. They were the words of God written by man. And you can trust every bit of this Bible. A few things. For an example, you can be sure, you can rest assured that God will save you. God's promised to save you if you'll ask. Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise from God. If you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, He will save you. If you have not asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, 
And you come and you ask Him to save, He'll do that for you. He said He would. Our salvation is not based on a feeling. It's not based on religious ordinances. It's not based on good works. My salvation for myself, and it should be the same for you, is based on the Word of God. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus said Himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. I asked Jesus Christ to save me. I didn't ask my church to save me. I didn't ask my parents to save me. I didn't ask the Baptist church to save me. I asked Jesus Christ. And the Word of God says He would. And So you can know that He'll save you. And if you've been saved, I'm here to tell you today that you are going to heaven. If you are saved, God will take you to heaven. John 14, verse 1 through 3, Jesus told his disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, not rooms, mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. God fully intends for us to be in heaven with Him someday. He's made a way for us to be in heaven. And you know what? I can say with boldness, I can say without any doubt in my mind, if I'm standing by the bedside of somebody who's given their heart to Christ, that you are going to a better place. That you are going to a place called heaven. Tanya, who was just here in church just a couple of months ago, you were here, you saw her when she got baptized. She is in heaven today. I asked her before we baptized her, I asked her about when she got saved. She, and she gave me the testimony of when she got saved. And it was the salvation that saved her, not the baptism. I wouldn't have baptized her if she didn't have a salvation testimony, but she did. And you know what? Based on the Word of God, she's in heaven today. If what she was telling me is the truth, and I believe she was telling me the truth. And she, she's in heaven today. We can be guaranteed of that. Also, God's going to provide for you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will take care of your needs. God will take care of them. Think, well, you don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't know these things are big. I don't know how I'm going to get through them. I'm here to tell you that God will provide. God will provide for your needs. I could tell you story after story about just in my own personal life the way God has provided for different needs. It's just, it's, it's amazing. How God pays attention. He knows what's going on. It's amazing the things that He uses to provide for your needs. Even just this week, there were many needs that were provided, not just for me, but even for the church. I mean, it was, it's, it's amazing the things that God does. God will provide. God will be with you during difficulties. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 through 6 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. He said that. That's a promise from God. He'll never leave you, nor forsake you. I don't believe, and based on the many verses in the Word of God, if you're saved today, if you've accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, He's not going to leave you. You can't lose that salvation. You can lose fellowship with God. You can lose the blessing of God. You can lose the joy of your salvation. You can lose all those things. But you can't thank God we can't lose salvation. 
The Bible says that when we're saved, we have eternal life. Eternity can't end. It doesn't end. If He's given us eternal life and we can lose it, well then that wasn't very eternal, was it? And Jesus Christ will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank God. The Bible says we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. If you're going through something difficult today, you, you can boldly, by the Word of God, say, the Lord is my helper. I'm not going to fear what man can do to me. And listen, the Word of God applies today as much as it did when it was written. Many people say, you know what? That was, you know, I know what the Bible says, but that was for back in the old days. That doesn't apply today. Or many people say, yeah, you know, I know the Word of God inspired everything, but you know what? Let's go. We need to update it. Let's change it to fit today's society. Let's have a gender neutral Bible. They've got those. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to, the Bible's always using the term man. And a lot of times it's using that, it's talking about mankind. But we don't want to offend the ladies. So let's change it to, you know, person or and things like that. You know, let's update, let's update things. Well, you don't need to update the Word of God. You don't need to change what the Bible says. And, it, and the promises that God gave are still, I mean, they apply today just like they did when they were written. And based on what I read in the Bible, I can boldly tell you today that I believe that God is going to do a great work at Liberty Baptist Church. When I read the Bible, when I look at what the Bible says, I'm excited about what's going to happen. I'm excited about what's going to happen this year. Now, I'm not saying that we're not going to go through anything bad. I'm not going to say that we're never going to have a church split. Or not. I'm not saying any of that. Those things have happened to better pastors than me and better churches than this. But I am going to say that I believe God's going to do great things at Liberty Baptist Church, I believe that God's going to save souls in this community. You know why? We're preaching the Word of God. We're sowing seed. We've been passing out tracts, things like that. People are going to get saved. We've already seen people saved in this community. God's going to do that. He's going to save souls. God's going to change lives. There's people right now that are not... That I believe this with all my heart. That today, there are people in this community that are... I mean, they're in horrible situations. I don't know exactly. I'm not trying to. I'm not telling you I'm having a vision or something here. But there's people that are hurting right now, people that are struggling. And you know what? We're going to get the word of God to them somehow. They're going to hear about this church, and they're going to come, and they're going to find answers for things that they're looking for. I can't wait until our first anniversary here. I'm looking forward to our first anniversary. And one of the things I'm wanting to do is I'm looking forward to opening up for testimonies. And letting people give testimonies about what God's done in their life in the last year at Liberty Baptist Church. And I'm looking forward to hearing people say, you know what, I got saved this year. God changed my life. I'm looking forward. There's going to be people that maybe say that, you know what, someday they're going to say, I was a drunkard. I was about ready to end my life and I got saved. And the Lord has changed my life. I believe that's going to happen. There's going to be people that their marriages were about, they were about destroyed. They were about ready to call it quits. And God restore their marriage. I believe that's going to happen. I believe that there's going to be people who before they didn't seem to have anything to live for. Now God's given them direction in their life and they've got something to live for. I believe that's going to happen. I believe that God's going to fill this place up. I do. I believe Bible I believe God I believe God likes a full house. There's a story in the Bible where there was uh, there was a uh, a wedding or a, a dinner that they were going to have. And they went and they told him to go and invite people. And they went and then a lot of the people didn't come. And they told him to go out on the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house might be full. I believe God likes a full house. 
I believe I believe that's going to happen. I believe we're going to see many days where there we're going to you're going to come in here and have a little trouble finding a seat. I, I believe there's going to come a day where we're going to have to even maybe even build maybe add on. Build bigger buildings. Do greater things. I believe God's going to do that. I believe God's going to send revival to our community. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If My people which are called by My name shall humble themselves and pray and seek My face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I believe that God is going to do that. Now you might be thinking, Brother Tommy, this... These are some pretty bold things you're saying here. These are some pretty extreme things that you're saying. What if they don't happen the way you said it? Does that mean that the Word of God is wrong? Is that what that means? Listen, how, before I answer that for you, I ask kind of a question. How do we know what God's promises are? You know, because at the same while I'm telling you all these things, a lot of times people, they don't, they get a little skeptical about some of those things. A lot of it because anybody ever heard of Robert Tilton? Right? He's one of these television evangelists, and this guy he's he's rather interesting. And he gets on and he's one of these preachers that you know send me a thousand dollars and God's going to bless you tenfold. All right, and he'll I mean he's always trying to get people to send them money and it's just going to make their life great. You're having financial problems right now. You owe the credit card company. You know, $9,000? Add another 1000 on it. Send it to me. God will give you 10000 Now, and people hear stuff like that and they listen to it. And they try it. And it doesn't happen. You know, the Lord told me, He'll be, you know, and not just Him, a lot of other people that ever played. You know, the Lord just spoke to me. The Lord just gave me something. He's going to do this for you. And it doesn't happen. How do we know what God's promises are? God promised me that this is going to happen. Alright, how do we know what exactly God's promises? Well, we they come from the Bible. I don't read anywhere in the Bible where you know just giving some guy running his mouth on TV a thousand dollars is gonna mean you're gonna get ten thousand dollars back. Okay, I I don't really see that there. There is given it shall be given unto you and things like that, but at the same time, uh you know, this guy too, he's not exactly preaching the gospel. I don't know that God's going to bless that <laughs> if, you, if you give in that situation. But they, the thing is, they come from His Word. These things that I've been talking about, I'm not saying that God gave me a vision and God told me last night that He's going to do all these things. But you know what? All of these things I'm talking about, they are based on the Word of God. They're based on Scripture. God will save you if you do what He said. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. The Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. You will be saved if you do that. If you're saved, He will take you to heaven. I can tell you that based on the Word of God. If you're, if you're, uh, if you're faithful to God and you do the things that the Bible says, if you put your trust in Him, He will take care of your needs. Alright? That doesn't mean He's going to give you that 72 inch TV that you're wanting. It doesn't mean He's going to give you a new Cadillac. It doesn't mean those things. Alright? But it does mean He's going to take care of your needs. God's will be with you during the difficult times. Even things here that I've been talking about at the church. Listen, the the Bible says that God's word it will not return unto him void. That's why we're doing. We want to do things to try to spread the gospel. The the King's Kids program that we're wanting to have. A big part of it is teaching kids the scriptures. 
teaching them to memorize Scripture, if they're memorizing the Bible, if they're memorizing verses about salvation, it's going to have an impact on their life. The Bible says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen, there... It, it might, it, you might not be able to get through to your neighbors. You might not be able to get through to your family with your own words, but the Word of God, it's powerful. It's got an effect. And if we're doing things to get the Word of God out in this community, listen, those kids are going to go home and they're going to quote those Scriptures to their parents. Those kids, we want to get Bibles in their hands. They're going to take those Bible psalms and their parents might get them and read them. We've got John and Romans. We've just got a bunch of them that are in there. I encourage you to give those to people. They read those things. It's going to have an effect that's based on the Word of God. One of the reasons that we're not seeing a lot of the revivals and things in churches today is many people have gotten substitutes for the Word of God. They've taken, they've, they've brought in different versions and things that have just totally twisted the Scriptures. That's not going to have effect. A lot of churches, they have the Word of God, but then they go and they just kind of pick and choose what they want to preach, pick and choose what they want to follow. That's not the way it works. If we follow the Word of God in this church, God is going to bless it. It's going to have an impact. If we, if we do what God says and we're a witness, if we go and try to tell people about Christ, it doesn't mean every single person we talk to is going to get saved, but it's going to have an impact. It's going to make a difference. If people come into the house of God and they start following the Word of God, if they invite Jesus Christ into their heart, it's going to change their life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. These things I'm telling you, they're based on the Word of God. They are promises that I can go and I can read about. Promises that I can show you. There's a lot of things that people say, well, the Lord told me to do this. But yet I can show them many Scriptures where God says to do opposite. I can, you know, the Lord told me that I, you know, I need to, the Lord told me to ditch my wife and get a new one. Well, you know what? I can show you a lot of Scripture where it tells you a little bit different. You know, and and they'll say things. Well, you know, the Lord said, and you know, and, you know, the Lord said to do this. It's like, okay, well, where's that in the Bible? Please show me that in the Bible. Listen, I've I've committed here, and I plan on continuing to do it. If I can't show it to you from the Bible, why? Then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mess it. I'm not gonna preach about it. I'm not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna do it. But if it's in the Scriptures, we're gonna follow it, and we cannot you cannot help but be blessed by following the Word of God. That's why we've been having. That, uh, we've been teaching that House in the Rock series on Sunday nights. Jesus said, if you hear these things and do them, you will be likened unto that wise man that built his house on a rock. When the difficult time comes, your house will still be standing. The Bible says difficult times are going to come. I want my house to stand. So I'm going to do these things on purpose. Some of these things, they go against our nature. It goes against our culture. But you know what? You do it on purpose and they work. And God blesses. And God and so so we're gonna on purpose we're gonna try to do these things. We have to claim the promises. At, um, verse fifty seven of our original text in first Kings chapter eight. He said, The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers, let him not leave us nor forsake us. And this that passage there, he's uh he's he's claiming a promise that God had given to the children of Israel. He's claim- and then he goes on and many of these other things he read, he's claiming the promises 
of God. And notice what he says in verse 58, that we may incline our hearts unto Him to walk in all His ways and to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments which He commanded our fathers. And he goes on, he kind of repeats how they're going to follow these things. They're going to follow the commandments. People think that God is just... you know they. They'll read the good things that God says that He does, but they won't read about all those things that we're supposed to do too. They won't read the commandments. They won't follow the commandments. You know what? I can promise you today that if you... I can give you a promise that's from the Word of God where you can make sure that you never become a drunkard. Ever. You'll never become a drunkard. You'll never become addicted to alcohol. You'll never have a problem in that area. And that's if you follow the command of staying away from it. If you never take that first drink, you can't become drunk. If you don't take that first drug, you can't become a drug addict. If you follow, if you follow God's promise in that area, then He'll keep the promise and you won't, that won't happen to you. I know that sounds awful simple, but you know what? It's us. We like to complicate everything. We like to try to find loopholes and stuff and find ways to justify things, our sins that we want to do. If you stay away from those things, you're not going to have a problem with it. We claim the promises by obeying the Word of God. What you need to do is whenever you find that promise in the Bible that you like, usually somewhere in there, you're going to find a commandment in there that God has told you to follow. And if you follow that, then you can rest assured you can claim that promise and God is going God is going to take care of you. But you know what? You've got to read the Bible to find out what they are. Well, it's so important that you read the Word of God. There are religions out there today that discourage their people from getting in the Scriptures. I don't understand that. Listen, the more you get in the Scriptures, the better off you're going to be. I mean, I guess I do understand if what you're teaching is not from the Bible, then I guess you wouldn't want people checking up on you. But you know what? I don't have I don't have a problem with you doing that. I hope you read your Bible. If you haven't got a Bible, I want you to let me know. I'll help you get one. We've got some, we've got some here that you can have. I'll I'll tell you. I'll I'll recommend portions of Scripture you can read. If you have questions in a certain area, boy, I mean the, the Bible it it can only help you. The more of it you follow, the better off you're going to be. You've got to have faith that God will fulfill His part. You know, when it comes to the promises of God, while I've been saying all these things I believe God is going to do, I have no doubt that God wants to fill this place up. I have no doubt in my mind that God wants to save people in this community. I have no doubt in my mind that God wants to change lives and bring revival to this area. And by the way, if God brings revival to this area, we're going to see a lot of things change for the good. It will, it will help the economy in this area. You'll see, I mean, God will bless in all these those other areas if we get things right spiritually. He will heal our land. Doesn't matter what's going on in the rest of the country. We get things right here in this town. It God will God will is gonna take care of us. I promise you that. He will. I once again, based on the word of God. But God wants to do all these things. But we but whenever the only time I really worry about the promises of God is when I read about our part that we're supposed to do and my part that I'm supposed to do. I know that I know God wants to save people, but you know what? Sometimes I'm not the best witness that I should be. I know that sometimes I don't pray like I should. I know that God wants to wants to do great things in this church, but you know what? I know sometimes I'm not completely obedient to Him. I know that sometimes God's people, they're not always real willing to obey and follow. And while I have no doubt that God's going to do His part, sometimes... I worry about myself a little bit. 
But you know what? If you really want God to do something, you're going to go ahead and you're going to listen. And you're going to do what He says. And the way that we show faith is through obedience to the Word of God. People think today, you know, you just got to have faith. And they think, ah, if I feel it, then it's okay. You, know, you just need to have faith that God's going to save you. It's like, alright, I'm waiting for the feeling. Alright, let's, let's see if I can get a feeling going here. I can't get a feeling going. I'm going to go to the charismatic church and get the, let them get the crazy music going and everybody shouting and going crazy. And then maybe I'll finally feel it. No, that's not the way it works. If I feel it until I'm so excited I start speaking in some unknown language. No, that's not, that's not what it's talking about. You know what faith is? Faith is when you do what God told you to do even when maybe you don't even fully understand why. And you just trust Him. It's like, well, you know what? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just believe? Well, that sounds, that sounds awful simple. You know, but you know what? It is, in the, it is the Word of God. That is what God said to do. You know what? I'm just, I'm just going to trust Him. There was a man in the Bible who he, uh, he wanted Jesus to heal his son. And Jesus asked him if he believed. And he said, Lord, I believe. And then he cried out, help mine unbelief. He believed, but you know, he had some doubts too. He wasn't feeling it. But you know what? God was impressed. He was pleased with his faith. And he healed him. You know why? Because it was while he, that, the man's emotions were saying this can't be done, the man did what he was supposed to do, and he went to Jesus Christ even when he wasn't feeling it. And you know what? God healed him. Boy, and that's exciting to me. And you know what? You might not be feeling it right now, but let me tell you, if you do what God says and you just come to Him and in humility you pray and you ask Him to save you, He will do it. And you know what? The feeling might come later. It said sometimes I feel saved, sometimes I don't. Sometimes, like I said, emotions, they go all over the place sometimes. But I'm not going to heaven based on my emotions. I'm going based on the Word of God. And you show faith through obedience. Like, Lord, you know, I, just, it does, I don't feel like this is going to work. This just doesn't seem like it works. But this is what Your Word says to do and I'm going to do it anyway. And that's what real faith is. I try to give the example... I give the example many times. If I told you all in here today that there was a bomb in here and that bomb was going off at noon on the nose, if you you might have some doubts that I you think he's probably pulling my leg, he's probably joking, he might be lying. But let me tell you, if if you believe me, you know what you're going to do. You're going to you're going to show faith, and you're going to run out of here as fast as you can. Because faith will tell you when there's a bomb in the room to run. That's what faith is. And faith tells you, no matter what your emotions are saying, if you want to go to heaven and you want to get saved, you're going to call on Christ for salvation. At Liberty Baptist Church, there are things that we're going to talk about some of them next week that we're going to do on purpose because they're what God said to do and we're going to trust Him that He will do His part. I guarantee you He'll do His part. And if we can be faithful to doing our part, there will not fail one word of all His good promise. There's a work that needs to be done in the Sterling Rock Falls area. And it's going to get done. We've got a great commission from Jesus Christ. He said, Go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel. This is part of the world. We've got this King James Bible that I believe I believe it's the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. We have it. 
You've got a pastor that's been called. God called me to this area. And you know what? We've got many people in here who I believe that the Lord has called to this church. The Lord led you to come to this church. Miss Hazel, I was talking to her one day and I was like, what was it that got you coming to this church? She said, you showed up at my door and asked me. I was like, I've done that to all kinds of people and they haven't come. I was like, well, what was the difference? I felt like it's a place to go. You know what? That's the Holy Spirit. Many others here. Similar, similar things. There's all kinds of other churches. God led you here. You know why? Because God's got a work that He's wanting to do. You have a pessimist call. We have a people that have been called here. And I believe that God's going to call many more to this church. Our church, I believe it's had the blessing of God on it. We're going to talk about next Sunday night. We're going to be talking about many of the things. There's a lot of things that you probably don't even know about that God has done for us already here in this church. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to do everything we can to make Liberty Baptist Church a place that brings honor and glory to God. And I'm telling you, if we do that, you're going to be excited to see what God does. You do that in your own personal life. You start following the Scriptures. You start claiming the promises of God. You would be amazed at how God is going to bless you. How God is going to bless you. But let me tell you, the promises, they're not, they're not feelings. It's not just something that somebody said. It's not just something that you want to happen. They come from the Word of God. Very important. Whatever it is that you're going to claim, make sure it's scriptural. Make sure it comes from the Word of God. If you heard me get up here and say, just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be a millionaire. Well, you know what? That's going to kill a lot of people's faith because it's probably not going to happen. And you know why it's not going to happen? Because that's not in the Bible. <laughs> you, can't find, you can't find that anywhere in the Bible. There has not failed one word of all His good promise. Solomon said that over 2,000 years ago. Probably about closer to 3,000 years ago. I believe we can say that today. There has not failed one word of all His good promise. God's not about to start failing, folks. If we trust Him, we're going to see great things happen. So let's all stand together this morning. Our heads bowed and eyes closed.